Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Hey, got an email. Inside Sports at 630Ched.com. It is from Dave who says, Reed, is there a stat on how bigger and heavier the Oilers are since Peter Shirelli took over? Average team weight and height since he took over. Nice to see uh, how many teams we've jumped ahead of on this stat. That is from Dave. All right, Dave, here's the thing. I quickly Googled that. I couldn't find any current numbers though I'm sure it's out there. So I just quickly looked some stuff up during the news. And thanks for sending the email, by the way. Um, So I just did some comparisons. Now, again, we are just talking about height and weight. That is what Dave asked about. Uh, Taylor Hall was 6 foot 1, 201 pounds. On the left wing, Milan Lucic comes in at 6'3", 233. Yesi Pogliarve was drafted. He's 6'4", 203 pounds. I'm going to say that he pushes Eero Pakarinen out of the lineup. Pakarinen shorter, 6'1", weighs more, 215. Adam Larson was acquired. He is 6'3", 205. Now, I know he was traded for Hall, but he's going to come in on defense. And let's say he plays on the right side where Eric Griba had been. Uh, Griba, 6'4", 228. So bigger than Larson, but Larson's actually a big, big guy. Of course, two of Shirelli's key acquisitions last season. Zach Cassian is 6'3", 217. Patrick Maroon is 6'3", 230. So, Dave, I don't have the full information, are you? But there's five guys who have been acquired by Shirelli or drafted by Shirelli. Lucic, Larson, Maroon, Cassian and Pagliarve, they are all six foot three and weigh at least two hundred and three pounds. Now, this is just answering to that question. I know a lot of you are gonna say, Who cares how big they are? You gotta be able to play. Yes, absolutely. You have to be able to play. But I mean Shirelli has made that effort to get heavier. And uh, Michael has just texted in, okay. What does he have here? Oh, Michael, do you have... Oh, he does have the current year already. This is a comparison. Michael, do you have last year? Thank you for sending this, by the way, to 63630. Uh, the 2016-17 projection for the Oilers is uh, 6 foot 1 and 3 eighth inches. And 205 and a half pounds. And in 13-14, so he doesn't have the 15-16 season, 
Uh, same height, 6'1 and 3 eighths and 203.6 pounds. So the Oilers will have gained two pounds in in three years. Uh, yeah, it's. I, I mean, it's 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 an interesting stat. Somebody says Larson is 215. Maybe I looked up an old an old weight while I was just doing things quickly. But Larson's over 200. We'll see. They the Oilers. Uh, I, here's the thing. I think the Oilers have some players who are bigger, but hopefully, but but I think are going to play a lot. Here's the thing. If you include Luke Gazdick in any average for the Oilers the last couple of years, fair enough. Luke Gazdick didn't play a lot, right? Even even Eric Griba didn't always play a lot. He was often the fifth, sixth most, most utilized defenseman. The Oilers have some bigger players who are going to play quite a bit, specifically Lucic, Larson, Maroon, Cassian will likely be on the fourth line. We'll see how Jesse Pugliarvi gets used. Hopefully he does not get overused, um, but he, I think certainly he's going to be in the top nine. So interesting question by uh, by Dave and a bit of an incomplete answer by me, but I do appreciate that Michael wrote that in. So now again, you can be big, you better play big. You better use the size to your advantage, right? You don't want to be Thomas Vanek, who's, what, six foot five, and a lot of times you don't notice him. So, you know, I pick on Thomas Vanek, but I, I think he's a bit of a disappearing player. Uh, so, anyway, uh, good question. A bit of an Oilers uh, note to tell you about today. Mark Spector tweeting it out. I think we kind of knew this was coming. T- uh, Tyler Dello, who was uh, MC79 Hockey on Twitter for the longest time, contract not renewed by the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, I do not take this as a sign that the Oilers are turning their backs on analytics. I take this as a sign that hockey teams constantly make changes, including in the analytics department. Um, And for whatever reason, they did not see uh, Tyler Dello as as a fit going forward. Tyler, for about a season, was a regular guest on Oilers Now. That was while I was producing it for Bob Stoffer. He was then later hired by the Edmonton Oilers. He was certainly, uh, from from my understanding and my experience, one of the... uh, leading analytics guys out there, probably someone who jumped on it a little quicker. He was a very good writer. Uh, I know uh, a lot of you and a lot of my colleagues in the media didn't and or don't like Tyler Dello. Uh, Before I got involved in our Oilers coverage, uh, I, I understand he was very abrasive and sometimes insulting on social media. I think he toned that down, uh, Certainly, when I knew him, and then he was basically off social media once he got hired by uh, hired by the Edmonton Oilers. So, look, he'll probably get hired by another team. Hope he does, or maybe he's going to be uh, back on Twitter. Here's the here's the thing. It's it's interesting with the with the analytics stuff. It is. I I don't understand why it's so darn divisive, divisive. However you say it. Look, it, it's, it, it's another way to analyze the game. If, 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 and I'm sure I'm talking to most of the people I'm talking to are, are fairly average fans and are fairly average people. And you probably got kids or you're going to school and you, and you watch hockey as, uh, because you like to be entertained. Maybe you don't have time to watch every game. Maybe you do. Um, but you probably have a lot going on in your life and you, and you might not have time to sit down and read every hockey blog or keep your own stats or things like that. That's fine. In that case, the analytics for you is probably something you're aware of. Maybe you've looked into it, but you, you don't want to sit down and be inundated with it. That, that, that's fine. Um, but if you're an NHL general manager, if you're an NHL team, I don't think it's something you can dismiss because a lot of 
excellent things come out of the people who run teams trying to think about their sport a little differently. Can you imagine baseball without on-base percentage? Well, it used to be that way, but then Branch Rickey, and I can't remember who the person was with the, uh, with the Dodgers, said, you know what, we have batting average, that's great, we have batting average, but isn't a walk just as good as a single? I mean, a walk doesn't count as an at-bat, so it doesn't figure into batting average either way. Who's a more valuable player? A guy who goes two for a guy who goes uh, three for ten in his at bats, or a guy who goes two for eight in his at bats, but in the other two plate appearances he walks. He has a lower batting average, but he is getting on base more often. Therefore, he is a more dangerous player as a base runner. So I, I think it's interesting stuff. Uh, I think probably. The most relevant analytics might be team-specific. They decide what they're, what they're using and what they're not using. And it's probably not stuff they're sharing with other teams and with the general public. Because if you think you've figured out something or have your own way of analyzing players, that's some intel you're probably not going to share. That's all I'm saying. I think with Dello, the thing that created this bit of a divide with the MSM, as, as people call the mainstream media is that he specifically, and some other people do it too, were very combative and belligerent with members of the mainstream media. And quite frankly, members of the mainstream media gave it back to him and weren't very nice themselves in some cases. So that all happened. I mean, whatever. People want to act that way. Uh, That's fine, but I think there should be a little more to it than that when it comes to analyzing something and talking about it. And and I think with, with Dello... A lot of people didn't like the person delivering the message, so therefore they also decided not to like the message. Whereas I think a lot of the stuff he writes was relevant. Uh, Bob Stoffer had uh, Darcy McLeod in, in studio today to talk about analytics and stuff. He's Wood Guy on Twitter. Uh, I've, I had Wood Guy on this show. We have Archaeologia Guy. Matt Henderson, I think, who's going to come on the show next week, who writes a lot about that stuff and does a very interesting job. I think Matt's actually probably my favorite guy to read of all the Oilers bloggers out there because he's, uh, he's a good writer and he's very intelligent. I don't, I don't know. As a matter of fact, here's the thing. Now, here's the thing. I often don't agree with what Matt Henderson is saying, but we, but we don't have a big feud as a result of it. So anyway, uh, Dello doesn't work for the Oilers anymore. This isn't a sign. I mean, and I know the Canadians got rid of their analytics guy, and then he said some stuff about Shea Weber and the Subban trade. Uh, I, I would think that the Oilers still have an analytics department. As a matter of fact, I know they still have an analytics department. They just chose not to have Tyler Dello in that department. And let's face it, I think Tyler's personality was, was widely on display on Twitter for, for several years. So, baby, ask yourself, is that always the most employable personality? That's just my opinion. It is 716. Is it Inside Sports on 630 Chet? Michael texting in again. He says, uh, here's a little more uh, specific information. If you can use them, it's only projected, though. It does not include Packerinen or Osterley because I don't expect them to play much. Ran some quick average numbers on the new roster. This could change and does not include goalies. The forwards will average 6 feet 7 eighth inches, 204 pounds, 25.8 years. The average on the defense will be 6'2 and a half, 
209 pounds and 24.8 years. And uh, as Michael mentioned, the whole roster just under 6'2", 205 and, uh, and a half pounds. So uh, anyway, so I mean, Pouliot's a, a tall guy. I guess Everly uh, would be a little shorter. Nuge is around 6 feet 6'1". Dreisaitl, a uh, heavier guy, certainly over 200 pounds. Uh, Letestu, uh, a smaller guy up front, so that would bring the average down a little bit. Anyway, uh, interesting stuff. The Oilers, whether they're bigger or heavier or not, they have the potential to play a bigger and heavier and nastier game with some of those players, if those guys can do it when it's required. Inside Sports on 630 Ched, of course, the phone lines are open, 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. Tell you what, caller number three will win a day pass to go see the Oil Country Championship at the Glendale next year. Is it two passes, Kellen? I think that we got, uh, or sorry, a pass for, we got two passes to give away right now. Yeah, a pair of day passes. A pair yeah. of day passes. So you can go to the tournament any day you want at the Glendale. 780-496-0063, and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight, Inside Sports on 630 Chad. The uh, Canadian Finals Rodeo going to Saskatoon for 2017. It will be here at Rexall Place one more time, November 9th to 13th. The NBA is going to find a new home for the 2017 All-Star Game. They are taking it out of Charlotte, North Carolina because of limited anti-discrimination protections in North Carolina. Reed Wilkins with you inside sports. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. You can text 630-630, phone line uh, 780-496-0063. Did somebody win the uh, golf passes, Kellen? Yes, we do. Congrats to Jill. All right, Jill. Thank you very much for listening tonight. 10-3, Calgary leads Winnipeg early in the third quarter in Winnipeg, and Jerome Messam taking the Stampeders inside the Winnipeg 40 with a nice little run up the middle. Jordan Eberle spoke to uh, Andrew Walker on Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto. Our old friend Andrew was on the show last night, and Eberle was uh, commenting on the Taylor Hall trade. You know, obviously, I think he recognized there was an area on our team that we needed to improve, and, you know, maybe we had a, a surplus of, of forwards, and, and, you know, there's something needed to do. So, um, you know, I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, we haven't made the playoffs in six years, and, and um, you know, something needed to change, you know, whether it was Taylor or whoever. So, um, you know, like I said, I, you know, I think Taylor will do very well in New Jersey, and, and I think we've for, for sure significantly increased our blue line. So um, I think that's definitely going to help us in a tough Western Conference all right, Everly also commented on uh, Hall showing, well, acting a little upset about the trade on the day that it happened. You probably remember the conference call that we had here on 6.30, Chet. He said he took this uh, as an indictment of his own abilities. You know, I, I think you feel like you're, you let down the team a little bit. I think, you know, obviously we haven't made the playoffs here, and that's the end goal, and the end goal is to do well. So, um, you know, when you get drafted and, and you come in and you want to be one of the guys to turn things around, and then you kind of get that opportunity taken away, I think you're kind of a bit hurt. So um, I'm sure he went through that a bit. All right. And uh, Everly now, Milan Lucic as a teammate. Well, yeah, I mean, he's a big, strong guy that can finish. Um, I think more than anything, he's going to create a lot of room out there for whoever he plays with. Um, 
I think with the in the Western Conference, I mean, a lot of the teams that we play against, especially in our division, are big, strong, and and physical. And I think that if you look at the way that we're building our team, adding you know Zach Cassing, Pat Maroon, obviously Milan Lucic, a couple of big defensemen, um, we're kind of molding it around a play that we can compete in that comp- in that division. So um, I think he's only going to help, obviously, especially with his uh, a bit you know, his uh, job of scoring some goals, too, that he's able to do. All right, so that's Jordan Everly again. Thanks to Andrew Walker, Sportsnet 590, the fan, for that audio today. And, you know, here here's the hope, and, and we'll see how it puts out. And let's face it, Shirelli is, is he's putting himself on the line. He is changing the team. And, look, every general manager this summer has changed players, but the the – strengths of the Oilers, or at least the proposed strengths of the Oilers, they often didn't really turn out as strengths, have kind of remained the same. Well, let's try to get a fast guy. Let's try to get who has a good the guy who get, has good offensive ability. I mean, certainly when they added Pouliot and Purcell, more uh, offensive type players rather than physical grinding type players. Um, and certainly in, in, in Purcell's case, not a lot of aggression or meanness there. So this is, this is Shirelli putting himself out there. And if it doesn't work in a couple years, well, then he's probably not going to be the GM anymore. But he is saying the the Oilers are going to have a more, shall we say, varied skill set than they have in the past. And that skill set is going to be a little bit of meanness. Have the Oilers gotten faster this offseason? Well, no, they probably haven't. You know, have they... Uh, have they added some uh, pure sniping ability? Well, no, they haven't. Lucic is, an, again, an interesting player because there aren't a lot of players like him because he can bang and crash and fight a little bit when he has to, but he can also get the, the puck in the net. And I would assume that off the top, off the top, he's going to be on a line with, with McDavid and Everly. And maybe Maroon gets a look with somebody else and, and we see how they go from there. So Shirelli's saying this team has to have the ability to play that, as they like to call it, that heavy game more than in the past. And what does everybody say? The Oilers are easy to play against. They get pushed out, they, or they can't push back. And I, not only that, to the pushback, I say they, they, they often can't push first. And that's what I like about Lucic. He is a push-first type of player. I think Maroon has some of that. I think Darnell Nurse is going to grow into that a little bit more. And that's, that's, those are the teams that win. I mean, yes, you have to be able to respond. You have to be able to push back. You won't be, you won't be able to dominate a team for 60 minutes. But in hockey, depending on the season, the team that scores first wins anywhere between 65% and 75% of the time. Wouldn't you like to be a push-first, score-first type team? So I think that's how Shirelli is looking at some of these moves. We will see how it goes. The Taylor Hall trade, as I've said, it is a huge risk. I don't know if you're ever going to say the Oilers won that trade as an individual trade. If they win more games, though, then maybe you say Shirelli won the summer in terms of what, it, what he did. Speaking of the analytics, I mean, a lot of guys have been looking into Larson a little more deeply, a little more thoroughly, and the indications are Adam Larson is an excellent defender. Like an excellent defender. He, he played almost an entirely defensive role with the New Jersey Devils. Started in his own end almost all the time. Played against the other team's top forwards almost all the time. And the indications are he did a very good job. Will he help the Oilers move the puck? Will he help their power play? There's the big question. If he does, if he does blossom into a little more of an offensive player and continues defend, to defend at that level, 
that then maybe the trade does turn out to be a win for the Oilers. All right. We're going to talk to Canada's Olympic soccer goaltender, Stony Plains' Stephanie Labe. As we move along, Greg Reynolds is going to pop upstairs from Kissing as well. Inside Sports on Chet. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Stan Peters in control in Winnipeg up 17-3, six minutes into the second quarter. We'll keep you updated on that one. Tomorrow we got Ottawa and Saskatchewan. The Eskimos host Hamilton. Brickfield at Commonwealth, 5 p.m. on Saturday. Pre-game show on 6.30. Chad will commence at 3.30. My name is Reed Wilkins. I'm pleased to welcome back to the show, back to the studio. He made the long walk upstairs. Kiss and drive time announcer, Greg Reynolds. Hello, Greg. Was that Sum 41? Wait a minute. Your mic's not hey, on. Hey, my mic's on now. Was that Sum 41? That was. I believe that was Sum 41. Who's was rocking that? the tune? That was good. That was a good throwback. Yes. That's Kellen. Ken- well, I, I pick most of the songs. Okay, well, good Yo, for you. Most of them are from the 80s, few from the 90s. And the odd one from this century. That was fantastic. I haven't heard that song in a while. That was fantastic. That's a catchy tune. Yeah. I love the guitar rock. It was worth the walk up here at this point. I don't know if the rest will be, but for now, just to hear Sum 41 is great. How long have you been in radio? Come four and a half years. Oh, you're you're just a newbie. Just a young guy. Have you always worked at a country station? All the time. Now, do you think it's necessary that the announcer like the type of music uh, for of the station he's not employed at all. by. You think not it's possible? Yeah, no, you don't have to. No. When I started in country, like I enjoyed it, but I now I love it. But Oh, so you've gotten more interested as a result. Well, when you listen to something every day, I started liking you that way. Oh, thanks, Just listening buddy. to you on the way home. <laughs> when I walked by you in the halls originally, I wanted well, to give you the shoulder shove. But now it's great, you know? You listen to something every day and you start liking it. Yeah, so I, I wore you down. But I think you can, the more you think that I love rock, I want to be a rock radio DJ, the more you're going to fail in this business. Because you have to be adaptable. You have to be a chameleon. Well, that's true. Yes. Yes. And you have to like the medium. I I think you have to like the medium more than the content. Like, I, I really like sports, but I really like figuring out how to put a good show together, booking guests, editing, like editing stuff. Like, some of the most fun I had in TV was when I would shoot, write, and edit my yeah. own story when I was working at City TV. I love that. Well, the best part of my day is sharing stories. Like, basically what I like to do is sort of like a a, a barbecue with your buddies. Mm-hmm. Talking about something that's happening, K-Days, whatever, and then sharing stories about things around it. And it, I don't care what plays in the background or between that. I just want to have a conversation and have some fun and some laughs. That's it. You know, uh, George Larocque, former Edmonton Oilers, certainly... Cares what I happened. heard that this week. This is my let's, favorite thing this let's week. Let's play it. I'll, I'll leave our mics on while while we while we play this. George Larac on with Stoffer. Was it earlier this week? Yeah, last it was, week, I think it was Tuesday or something. Uh, about PK Subban singing some country music, and then then he gets into some other stuff. You know, you know, I was so surprised because usually black people were allergic to country, and uh, <laughs> it's funny because uh, uh, I've always uh, I was always teasing. Uh, you know, uh, people, uh, my friends, that uh, when I came to Edmonton, uh, this is something that I was never going to get used to. Uh, Ryan Smith putting country songs before games. And right. I was like, uh, how can you get wrapped up to a game when you're listening to a, to a cow that is getting sick? <laughs> and somebody talking about his girlfriend that left him and playing a slow rhythm and then I have to go kill somebody. You know, I, I never quite understood that. So sometimes I would put uh, uh, I would put some techno music in the dress room, and then the guys they would just throw the CD in the garbage. <laughs> just to clarify, there's no song ever about a cow getting sick. There must be. There's, there's I'm gonna write not. one. I went out to see Bessie just the other day. Why are all cows when we reference cows named Bessie? What's that from? That's just what cows Why is are that named. The go-to. 
It's just like a dog being named Rex. Rex? Yeah, that's the go-to generic name for a dog. What I was thinking about when I was listening to George is what's your pump-up tune? What what sports do you play, first of all? Well, now I don't do anything. I run and I try to play golf. Okay. When so I was younger, I like in high school, which was ages ago, I played uh, hockey and volleyball primarily. What what were your pump-up tunes where you're oh, getting ready for the big Oh, 80s rock, game? baby. So not songs about Bessie? No. Well, how could you get pumped up hearing about a, a, a cow getting sick? Was there one does, song in particular that if it was a big game, that had to be played? Uh, Just to rev you up? No, I don't think so. I mean, we listened to, you know, the typical 80s stuff, Bon Jovi, Def Leppard, Poison. You know, for me, I can't handle the, the really loud stuff with words. I, I can't have words. There's a song that's from the movie Friday Night Lights, and it's all instrumental for about eight minutes. What's it called? It's called Your Hand in Mine. It's by Explosions in the Sky or something Look like that. Look that up. Your Hand in Mine. It Kelly is Kennedy. the best pump-up song, and you just because it, it builds to this crescendo the whole eight minutes, mm-hmm. and you just feel it, and you just get in your thoughts, and you get revved up. Oh, if I'm having a big game in, in company slow pitch, <laughs> I'm driving there. Listen. That's great. That is great. <laughs> yeah, that was so quick. Oh, you got it. So here, we, here we go. And you can imagine the speech in the locker room. 60 minutes. We've come a long way, boys. Leave it all out on the field. We've faced a lot of adversity. Your blood, blood. your sweat, your tears. Little Tony broke his leg in week one. (laughs) And then in week two, our mascot, Bessie, got very sick. Bessie again. (laughs) But we've overcome it all to reach the championship. Your mom's watching. Your dad is watching. Don't mess up tonight. So I heard you hit a pretty big home run last night in Company Slow Pitch. Oh, yeah, we should talk about that. uh, It was the game-winning home run, so is it a big deal? Yeah. Should we talk about it more? Probably. (laughs) Yeah, slow pitch. (laughs) Greg Reynolds, slow pitch exploits. Exploits. (laughs) Can I tell you, the only reason people are excited about it is because the first game of the season, so I I walk up to the plate and everybody moves back because they see me as a big person. You're what, 6'4"? Yeah, about that. And and they see me as a big person. What they didn't know is I'm just terrible. <laughs> and so I struck out four times in a row. In slow pitch. Oh, you bet you, buddy. Well, that's not good. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I can't try to make you feel better. That's pl- so flat out flat So the fact that bad. I did that two nights ago, the crowd went wild. Now, was this, because I, obviously I can't play on any company sports teams because of my hours. And quite frankly, I'm a bit of a loner, so I probably wouldn't anyway. Sure. But uh, was this a, was this over-the-fence home run or where you had to run? Because I used to play slow pitch in Lloyd, and none of the none of the uh, uh, the diamonds had fences. Oh, yeah, same so, thing. No, no. It, so you it just hit it went... far enough, you ran around. <laughs> or was it a... It was probably more so a fielding error than a good hit. Yeah, like I think when I playing in Lloyd, I had one home run, but I think it was technically a double with a two-base error. We played in that Lansdowne this week, and there, there's a school so close that the rule was if you hit the school, it was an automatic home run because that's all. <laughs> <laughs> I hit the school. It's a home run. Got a uh, texter to 636.30. Greg is six foot four. Is he single? I can, I can write that number down for you. Right? You know, I, I'm not. And is that the, your only requirement, by the way, for a date? Is, this young is lady likes height. <laughs> See, that's why I'm doomed. How do you know it's a young that's lady? That's why I'm doomed. I'm like five foot eight. You you could. Yeah. You, you don't know if it's a young lady or a fella or an old person. We don't know. Well, no, the texting is uh, completely. Anonymous. Completely anonymous. That also might be my brother. <laughs> that fella's six four. Good for him. Uh, this texture says, that song sucked. Tell Reynolds to stick to country, LOL. 
<laughs> you heard like he didn't, thirty well, seconds yeah, of it. Greg's defense, he, we 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 didn't we didn't play the play the full thing. What is the record of the chorus slow pitch team? Oh, we're not very good. And if we merged with global, do we have global? Yeah, yeah it's all no. You know what? No, we haven't. No, it's just us in the it's building here. Us. So us fresh. I news. Yeah, we're terrible. I can't think of a single good athlete in this building. Matt, actually from the morning show on Kissing Country. Oh, De Bears. Yeah, What's he's his name De Bears. He's, he's got this milky toast body, <laughs> and he just doesn't look like an athlete. But he played a lot of ball growing up. He's he's real good. He's our shortstop. Well, oh yeah, shortstop's important. The rest of us, uh, Kelsey, who oh uh, she's an ex- ex- exceptional athlete. You'd think so, right? Not so much. She jumped out of a plane. Yeah. Does that make you an athlete? No, it makes you brave. There you go. It's very brave. Just talks well, a lot like, I'm going to be great, guys, this game. And oh, she's captain positive. Yeah. Captain positive. She, be- she believes she can accomplish anything. So we're probably under 500. We had to forfeit tonight because we couldn't field the team. Because you came here instead of going to play. Thanks, you betcha, buddy. buddy. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. Every every sport requires a different skill set. So being a good good athlete means you can probably figure out most sports. but And baseball is a funny one, right? And slow pitch is a funny one because you think, it's coming in so slow, how can I not hit it? But you get so excited <laughs> yeah. in those four then, minutes waiting then, for it to come to and you. Then if, yeah, and then if you miss or you, you tick one, th- then it gets in your head so yeah. bad, right? Then you're, then you're thinking about it instead of reacting. But you're right. If you're a good athlete, the more you play, the better you get throughout the season. So I'm told. In theory. You'll get better. Yeah. Oh, thanks. In theory. Greg Reynolds uh, joining us tonight, uh, Kissing Country 103.9. He's, what are you on, 2-7? Two 2-7 to seven? Two to seven every day. That's you get, a, that's you a great get shift. Now. Yeah, I, I learn some things uh, eventually as I go along. You a golfer? Yeah, that was my sport growing up. Oh, is, nice. My whole family golfs, that was sort of our family thing to do. Yeah, I love it. I played about eight rounds this season, not as many as I would want to. That's not but. bad, though. I've played probably 8-10, to 10, yeah. I saw you after, what was the charity golf tournament you were in? A week or so ago. Well, oh, the Kevin Curious one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the Easter Seals one. Were you in the bush the whole time? I played okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's scramble, right? So I hit a couple good shots. Every four shots. I wasn't invited to that, by the way. It's... Well, you got to know Kevin Curious. I don't. He's a regular on my show now. Well, uh, now what do you enjoy most about golf? Hitting the ball as far as I can. You're just a distance guy. Yeah. Can you yeah, hit yeah. straight, though? Yeah. Every now and then. And then, so here's my should thing. should be more often. So... <laughs> I'll get to about 100 yards and in, and I'm just a mess. But when I get to the, like, before that, T to 100 yards, I'm awesome. 100 yards in, I'm a mess. See, that's interesting. And that's when you really score, right? Yeah, thanks. I know. Yeah. That's why I'm so yeah, terrible. Thanks, thanks for me pointing so out I could the be, obvious. So I could be 79 or I could be 93. And I can play back to back days. Well, see, that's see my goal this my goal this year. I, I I've I don't know what I've played. I mean, a couple scrambles, so you don't have a score. I shot a 93 this year, which for me is excellent. And then all my other scores have been over 100. But my goal, and I've talked about this, and you know, I kind of have it as a as a as a running thing that most people are probably sick of. But I would like to be a little bit better than I am. And some people are like, well, why? And here's the thing: it annoys me. When people say, why do you keep score, Reed? Just go out and enjoy it. Okay, look, that because that's not my personality. I need to keep track. When I run, I, I wear a, a, a GPS watch that beeps when I run every kilometer. I load it on the computer. It keeps track of all my runs. I need to have a record of it. So I can't play golf and not keep score. That is just not my personality. And I know I'm not going to shoot the best score every time, but I want to I want to start being able to come in a little better range than what I've been coming in the last couple of years. But fair, that's fair why enough? that's why you play sports. Like the people that are saying just go have fun, just go play, don't keep score, enjoy the sunshine are the same people that are okay with ties in football. 
which drive me nuts. Well, there's only there's basically two a decade in both leagues. I don't care. Fix it. I don't. Oh, jeez. Don't don't, don't play don't to tie. The tie. Hey, you played a great game and I played a great game. Let's just leave the field and nobody wins. No, you play to Herm Edwards. You play to win the game. Well, true, but sometimes you get to lose. But you don't tie. Uh, this texture says uh, Greg Reynolds is six foot four. Great. What if he looks like the north end of a dog walking south? And I do. So no, you're relatively handsome. <laughs> Things are getting weird. Uh, pump up songs. This person says try some Metallica for whom the bell tolls. This texture says you guys are crushing it right now. You should host a sports show together. Well, you do. Oh, could happen. You someday. already well, do not this. together. <laughs> How does that feel, Reed? Hey, Reed, you should try a sports show. Yeah, good point. <laughs> well, this show does go in a lot of different avenues. Dusty says, check out Destroy Everything by Hate Breed. Great pump-up song. Makes me want to eat bricks and kick kittens. Good Lord, that sounds... Everything about that sounds awful. Kitten's named Fluffy, of course. <laughs> I thought it was named Bertha or whatever. The cow's name. No, Bessie. I think Fluffy is the generic <laughs> kitten name. Rex is the generic dog name. And uh, Bessie is the generic cow The name, name of that band is Hate Breed? Yeah. Like, Good Lord. <laughs> that's it's kind of, what, a, what a sinister name for a band. What do you guys band. want to call ourselves? What's the most sinister country band name? Like Alabama? <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> just anytime we start to get along. No, I'm just saying... Country music presents itself as very wholesome. Hate you know breed is actually country. Are they? No. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I know like five bands. That's hate breed with Jesus Take the Wheel. It's... <laughs> <laughs> but would you not agree country music is, is, is here's, country music generally, I, I would say, tries to be very wholesome. Yeah, it's, and that's what I love about it, honestly, is right. that when I crack the mic, when I'm doing a show, I know that I'm talking to... Um, a mom and her kids on the way home from school and everybody can laugh and everybody can enjoy it and there's not going to be a moment where it's like oh we can't listen to that we got to change i love it i just love that it's everybody it's for anyone so there are no nasty country songs i mean didn't who wasn't a carrie underwood have that one about bashing in a guy's car yeah absolutely well how do you explain that before to your he kids? cheats <laughs> yeah you got to get back at your cheating ex we did a show about that uh, last week we did How Do You Get Back at Your Ex because Chris Jones was bringing his ex-girlfriend into town. Or his new girlfriend into town. Right, right. <laughs> Dirty cheater. Calgary's up 23 on Winnipeg. Two and a half minutes left in the uh, second quarter. Bombers are just, they're just not good. I, and I don't get it because their whole offseason was, it. we're going to get better. Look at us. We got two cast-offs from the Rough Riders as wide receivers. We got a new running back. We're going to be awesome. Here we go. Yeah, try getting a quarterback. There's my advice to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And that's what I think every time I watch them is, why are you starting Drew Willie? The guy sucks. He just does. And anybody that tries, well, did you, do you remember when he took him to a Grey Cup? Well, he played like three games. Drew Willie never took them to the Grey Cup. He took, didn't he play for Saskatchewan? He played for somebody played in the Grey Cup. He played for Saskatchewan. I don't know if he ever played in the actual or in, game. Or in a meaningful game. I th yeah, he might have had to fill in on Saskatchewan. And somebody was all excited, so he became a starter. And he's just awful. And he's awful to watch. And you know, I can't I mean, stand. you switched the quarterbacks last week, Riley for Willie, the Bombers would have won the game. You put Riley on the Bombers and Willie on the Eskimos, the Bombers win the game. Does it worry you, watching the Eskimos, about their uh, mega offense and yeah, every time. questionable defense? Oh, oh, I thought you were going to ask about how they fall behind every game. No. Um, 
Well, sure, because I, I, I mean, I, I, I always find a reason to wear the worry pants going into every Eskimos game. This week, this weekend, it's Brandon Banks. What if he runs a couple kicks back? That's that's the that's the thing. Uh, but the defense got better, and I mean, look, they're now this doesn't help me while I'm watching the game, and I get frustrated and worried when they fall behind, and I think, oh, okay, this is the week they're going to lose 39-10 as opposed to coming back. Um, but. They're just such a stick with the team. They don't get down. They don't get frustrated. They they keep working. They they stay calm. So for it it works for them. It's not always a easy formula, right? It's not always easy on the fans. Like I was saying last night, my my mom wants the Eskimos to win every game fifty five nothing. To her, that's just perfect. Go out there, beat the snot out of somebody, coast to the finish line, watch all the big plays, no stress. Sure, no worries. Sit back and enjoy it. Would you rather? A high-powered offense and a questionable D, or a strong shutdown D and an offense that might show up and might not. I, as long as it wins, I mean, really, I, I don't know how to answer that. Well, you got to pick one. It's it's a one or two. It's an A or B, and you just went right in the middle. Well, because no, I, I'm picking <laughs> of victory. Wins. I pick victory. We're all gonna take victories, but you got to pick one. Well, I guess I would pick the shutdown D. Because you'd probably be getting turnovers and field position and all that kind of stuff. And they're always going to keep you in a game. Right. You could try to win 2017 if you have to. Yeah, or, exactly. Or, 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 or whatever. But I think the Eskimos' offense is, is going to keep getting better. I'm excited about where they could go if they stay healthy. they got John White at running back. They're committed to him. Obviously, Walker and Bowman are excellent. And I, I think... I think Riley is now hitting his peak, and that's that's fun to see. A guy who's put the work in, he's worked on some of his details. He, you know, he's understanding Moss's offense. I think the best is yet to come from Riley. Doesn't it seem to be just a perfect fit, Jason Moss and Mike Riley? It just seems like Mike Riley is having so much fun, and he gets to sort of take the chains off and do his thing. Well, and I had Riley on earlier tonight, and and he said that their offensive more is more aggressive than the last couple of years. Uh, and, I mean, I think Chris Jones was built around defense, like like we were just talking about, and winning the field position battle. I've had DeAnthony Batiste and Tony Washington in studio twice. I had them on last Friday, and I had them on in the offseason. They're the two offensive tackles for the team. And when I had them on in the offseason, I said, don't you guys just, didn't you just run the same four or five plays over and over again and get really good at them? And he was, they were like, yeah, pretty much. And then they said this, when they had him on Friday, they said, you know, it's like on offense we've gone from a introductory university course to now 300 and 400 level. And they're attacking more parts of the field. And that's and nice, it's and exciting that's nice to, watch. to see. Yeah. Well, and, and that's um, the thing. I mean, look, Walker gets that 72-yard touchdown or whatever it was against Winnipeg, and that makes the highlights. But they had a lot of good passing plays and a lot of passing yardage. Didn't lead to points because they often were starting deep in their own end, but but good job, you know, getting out of their own end and 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 getting field position back. So I think it's really I I I'm really encouraged about the Eskimos' offense this year. I, I really think they have the potential. And I did say earlier, I don't think this is a close one. I, I think they pull away from Hamilton on Saturday. Well, and we were talking about this a little while ago. Is <laughs> who's who's scared of the Hamilton offense right now? Is is the big issue? I mean, they need Kalaros. Without I mean, Kalaros is the best quarterback in the league, but we haven't seen him for almost a year. Because the kid from Oregon they have in now, Masoli, he's, he's former a dud. Eskimo, by the way. He's a dud. You think he's that bad? What has he shown you in the past three weeks? I think he's okay. I think you're selling him a little short. I think he's still dangerous, and I think he can run. I'm pretty harsh on quarterbacks, as you can see by my shirt. I'm a Colts fan, so I get 
the privilege of watching the Mannings and Lux of the world. DTKB says, uh, Kentucky Headhunters, popular country in Western music, pretty raunchy as far as country goes. Oh, yeah, I've heard of them, actually. They are they got a real offside album, and it's all... They're, most of their song titles are ones you can't say. They're filthy, eh? Oh, yeah. Those filthy Kentucky Headhunters. Look at you. You could do my show. No, I couldn't. Uh, tell you what we're going to do in the middle of this here. Four tickets to the Eskimos game on Saturday against Hamilton. We'll take caller number 5-780-496-0063 if you're ready for that, Kellen. Four tickets to the Eskimos game Saturday at the Brick Field at Commonwealth. It starts at 5-780-496-0063. Reed Wilkins in studio with Greg Reynolds from Kissing Country 1039. Uh, what was your reaction to the Taylor Hall trade? So I was down just outside of Commonwealth getting ready for Fire Aid when that all broke down. Right. And so I'm sitting there, and I was actually checking Twitter, and I think it was you that I first got it from, and I was you got to be kidding. Hall. Hall got traded, and that's mm-hmm. all I heard. And then I was like, oh, who's it for? And I was so excited about see who was coming back because I had heard rumblings about Subban. We'd all heard those rumors. I had you on my show from the draft, oh, yeah. and there was maybe some rumblings about other trades that were going on, and, and then it was Adam Larson. And I... I keep up with hockey, and I like the draft. And I know he was—he was a pretty high pick. He was fourth overall. A lot of potential, lot you know. And I said, really, straight up, nothing else. But the more you think about it, with the Lucic signing and everything that's gone on since then, I don't hate it. And, you know, Jeff Merrick from Sportsnet was on with me a couple days after the trade. He he summed it up better than I did. He said the Oilers traded actual for potential. I think Hall is where he is. He's probably going to have some better seasons somewhere. He doesn't have as many points, but you kind of know what his range is going to be. Uh, Larson has some potential. If he doesn't achieve that potential, it, it could look like a, a not a great trade as we move along. And I know a lot of people think it doesn't look great now. Um, we know Larson can defend. We know Larson can defend. And that was, that was a huge priority for Shirelli, so he made the deal. The other thing that you got to think about is if you're the opposing GMs in the league and you know that the Oilers have to make a move and then they really need defense. So you're not going to give up something big because you don't have to. You're not in a position of power as Peter Shirelli. And the Oilers haven't been in most of their trades in recent years. Everybody knows your weakness. Everybody knows what you're asking for. Everybody knows what you can give up. So you're you're in this place where it's like, "Eh, I'm not going to win a trade. I have to give a little. Greg, I got to let you go because I think you got to go home and walk Betsy. <laughs> you got to let Betsy out of the pen. You don't need to walk her anymore. She walks herself. You got to milk her. <laughs> no, I'm good. Thanks. Greg, thanks for coming upstairs. Anytime. If you want to watch my uh, game tape for my slow pitch home run, you just let me know. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's Greg Reynolds from Kissing Country 1039. He's on 2 to 7 every weekday afternoon. My name is Reed Wilkins. This is Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Still ahead, Stephanie Labe, goalkeeper for the Canadian women's soccer team. Oh, and this is going to be uh, great, too. We're going to talk a little uh, Pinty's NASCAR series. They're rolling through town this weekend. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.